0: your property podcast comes to you with thanks to our friends at trafalgar square finance leading independent specialists in mortgages and all types of property finance whether it's buy to let development or bridging finance trafalgar square can help you organize your funding for your next property project exclusively to listeners of your property podcast Trafalgar Square offer a free one-to-one consultation. So whether you are a portfolio landlord looking to raise funds on your existing portfolio, or if you're just starting out and want to find out if you are eligible for a buy-to-let mortgage, Trafalgar Square Finance can help. It's easy to book with one of their experienced consultants by simply visiting yourpropertynetwork.co.uk forward slash finance. You can find this link in the show notes for more details. Hello and welcome to Your Property Podcast. My name is Michelle Cairns and with us today we have got Ant Lyons. Hi Ant, how are you doing?
1: Hey, good morning. How are you there?
0: Good to see you and today is a, a very special podcast because it's our 100th episode which is very exciting. So um, <laughs> we've been going for, for, for a few years now and uh, doing two podcasts every month, and uh, and here we are at number 100, so was really exciting.
1: Happy birthday to us.
0: Happy birthday to us. So I'm sure everyone's familiar with Ant, the co-founder of YPN, and uh, Ant, we started the magazine, like, what, 12 years ago now? Was One, One
1: billion years ago, I think <laughs> it was. So Yeah, no, no, at four, 14 and a half years oh, ago, wow. so 2008, um, and you know, I started off doing all of the interviews and, you know, over the time, obviously the, the team has evolved and people who are far more gifted than, than I kind of write the articles and stuff like that. But I'm still very much in the thick of it. And, you know, I love listening to the podcast that, you know, you do many, you know, most of the interviews on, on that. I like learning about people who are in property and how they make money from it and, the, you know, the successes and the mistakes they make along the way, which is what we're all about.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And just the variety is just incredible. The amount of, uh, you know, different people in across different industries within the property world uh, is fascinating. And I know you, like myself, just a lifelong learner. And it's just, you know, you you never, you never know everything. I know it's a bit cliche, but there's always things to be learning all the time, whether it's golden nuggets that you like, the, the little pieces of the puzzle that are missing, or whether it's just you know, moving with the times and things, that keeping your finger on the pulse about what's changing. Um, there's, yeah, there's it, so much to learn.
1: <laughs> yeah, and uh, you know, the thing I've I've used this line ten thousand times over the last sort of fourteen years. In that, you know, what we do is it, essentially we're nosy, aren't we? We, we want to learn what someone else does, and 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 those people are ordinary people achieving quite often extraordinary things in 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 property. Um, and a, a proper cliche, but, but a cliche because it's true. You know, I think everybody we speak to, they're normal people. M- most of them weren't born with a sort of silver spoon in their mouth. You know, they didn't have bucket loads of money to start with. And today we're kind of turning the tables on the podcast and we thought we might look at, you know, talking to you about kind of, because many, many people listen to this, they might not be familiar or completely familiar with your story. So we can recap on that and then talk about some of the lessons that we've learned in the last 100 episodes, 100 episodes—what, what on achievements. achievement! So.
0: Yeah, do you want to recap? <laughs> well, it's you know, it's changing all the time, as you know. Just uh, I've got an eight-month-old baby, so that's the, the latest addition to the, uh, to the family. And um, you know, to go from eight years ago when I started out from my very first meeting, you know, so much has changed. And even you know, just working with the magazine, I, I think. Uh, the past three years my you know learning and you know just uh, understanding of everything that's uh, to do with property across all different strategies has just grown in exponentially you know from doing I think there was one week where I did 14 interviews in one week um, and, and people often think I work um, just you know I say work for the magazine, uh, and people assume it's kind of writing articles, but it's mainly just interviews every um, every week. So it has been absolutely fascinating to just um, to you know just kind of get all those different experiences and get a taste, a little insight into different strategies.
1: We were we were talking offline previously, weren't we, about one of the problems of doing that is that you you talk to all these people and I do the same, and you go, wow, what that person does is really cool. I want to do that. I'm going to do that. You know, so whatever you're doing in property at the moment, you talk to someone and they're doing really, really high end holiday lets or they're developing new bills to, to, to sell and they're passionate about what they do yeah. and, that, and that passion rubs off. And so every time I finish an interview, my business partner, Mike, I say, Mike, I've just done this interview. We need to be doing this. And you know, that is, it's, um, do you find the same? Thing? I'm
0: exactly the same. I'm terrible for I come up and I'm saying, like, right, okay, we need to be looking at this. Um, and, you know, this is really hard for a creator like myself who's, you know, just full of ideas all the time. it got to be very disciplined to be thinking, okay, um, what is it that I actually do want? And, you know, I think, you know, seeing so many different people and seeing, you know, everyone, all those people, you know, having successful businesses, you know, all these strategies work. And it's just about deciding which one you want to go for, and which one works for you as well. So I think that's you know, that's been the case for me. And I, I definitely have, I like to call it diversified uh, portfolio rather than kind of just focusing on one strategy. And that I like that, it's worked for me. I like the fact that I've got some HMOs, blocks of flats, you know, just single lets, family homes, um, single flats, or uh, one commercial unit. And I, I like the spread. And, you know, especially, you know, during COVID and things were really uncertain, that kind of gave me a lot of peace of mind to know that, you know, there was uh, some tenants on LHA, some some professionals and just across the board. So, um, but having gone through all of these different strategies and um and and different ways of purchasing and i think you know one thing for me was always about the creative finance because i never had that you know the the big pot of money to start with um that i had to be creative from day one so whether that was rent to rent or working with investors joint ventures um or uh, purchase lease options those kind of things so um for me i've always looked for those creative strategies and i think. even though there is an element of, you know, the shiny penny. Also, you can just, you know, it's about um, just collecting tools in the toolbox. So to me, it's all about whoever I speak to, how can I help them? How, how can I kind of create this win-win opportunity? You know, and often you can't, but the more tools that you've got, the more you can help people. So rather than kind of having one strategy, to me, it's just being about conversations and, I you know, I love speaking to people. I love to, you know, just try and solve problems so, um, so that's, it's worked for me. And then now I kind of think, okay, what is it that I really want to, you know, I've managed to get to a position where I don't need to go back to teaching, which is my former career. Um, and, you know, I've got the choice. So it's all about choice. And I, you know, obviously I work a lot for, my, for YPM, but I really enjoy it. And it's about that choice as well as, you know, having the portfolio, looking at the next deal, looking at the next project. So having the, that choice is a huge thing for me. And, I, you know, I'm constantly assessing that, constantly changing. And obviously with the baby, it's kind of working out what, you know, what are we doing it all for? And I, I know it, you're... Kind it's,
1: of- it's an interesting one, I not it? Because I think, you know, you, you, it would have been easy to say oh, what, what has, um, from all the interviews you've done and, and, and the, the many, many that I've done what's the kind of key thing that has led to success with the people that we interview. And it would be very easy to say, focus, you know, focusing on one thing and discipline. And, and actually when you talk now, I think, well, that's taken a different kind of discipline because you've done different types of deals as have I, but it's taken the sort of discipline of, of everything you learn, just being part of the toolkit. And, um, it is, it is difficult to refine it into what you want to be doing. So,
0: I think it takes it, 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 it you know everyone works at their own pace and in their own style I think it's hard to kind of compare yourself to somebody else who might have a completely different type of personality or style to what to what their you know their values are what they want and um, what stage of life they're at as well you know um, so I think just trying to understand yourself is really important and I, I always say this when people are kind of overwhelmed at the beginning because there's so many strategies so many different things that you can do and so many Kind of strategies within strategies, um, it, you know, is just be thinking all the time about what you're trying to achieve. You know, what are your how what are your resources like? How much time have you got? How much money have you got? How much, um, you know, how, what are your contacts like? So, if you don't have money, do you have access to money? And if you don't have access to money, you know, do you have access to you know creating that those avenues through social media or uh, networking exactly so it's all about being resourceful and uh, and for me you just said there about discipline to me the discipline is always about you know just keep going just keep going just keep chipping away whatever you think that is you know you you try and kind of just do the best that you can with what you know um and that's that's all you can do and then you get more information and then you can refine and you refine and you refine so um and everything comes with a cost. And I think that's been a huge kind of learning for me as well. The HMOs, for example, we all know they are like more hassle than single lets and service accommodation. It just, you know, it takes more energy at the beginning to set it up. Um, and, you know, so ha- choosing a strategy that's right for you is really important because at the end of the day, whether it's the cost of, um, you know, time or the cost of money, it's it you know you've got to just decide which one that you want to pay
1: so um over these 100 episodes and your own investing and you know networking have you refined what it is that you want from this
0: well i have refined what i think my ideal you know deal would look like the next one so i think for me where i'm at the moment you know, a nice block of four flats somewhere local uh, you know a, a great purchase price with um, you know good return on it for um, you know for single lets within that freehold uh, with potentially the opposite opportunity to split the titles you know, if there's an opportunity to uplift the value great um that's the ideal but you know deals that will come along all the time and I always say I'll look at anything if there's a margin and it makes sense, You know, purchase lease options are great because you don't have to, um, you know, just find the money for the deposit and the stamp duty up front. You know, you can just sort of take it on and and, and run with it for a few years and benefit from that. So, you know, we're looking at we've met a landlord and they've got three HMOs. And although it's not it's not really like our strategy at the moment because we've already got them. We said, oh, we're done with HMOs now. Actually, they're all fully tenanted. We've already got HMOs in the same location. Really, realistically, we've got the system set up so they should just kind of slip into the portfolio. It's not like starting from scratch where you're doing a huge refurb and you're trying to tenant it and you're trying to do all this, you know, the, they're great locations. So um, so I think in the long term, you know, if we get what that one over the line, that'll be that that will be um, you know, a great deal. So I think thinking really long term as well now about uh you know i i think it would take a lot to kind of go to a rent to rent now because um you know i just want the option to buy it just makes yeah. sense long term rent
1: to rent great strategy starting out oh god to absolutely that cash flow that you definitely needed so
0: but, yeah and i go with you evolve
1: don't you you change what you're... you
0: do you do um and like i say if a, if something came along it was ideal location you know huge rooms really uh, really well done inside where i'm not spending any money on it then you know maybe i'd say yes it you know if it's a um if it looks like a great deal but i'm not looking for it yeah and that's the difference
1: and have you um have you sort of gone down a property avenue where you thought you know what actually this isn't for me you know we i don't want to do i don't want to do these types of deals
0: um so i've done two big development projects and uh, they were really quite stressful
1: yeah um, amen to that yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh, Yeah,
0: that was a whole other world you know to, to going from these rent to rents and different matter into um, you know where I'd only really just replace carpet and paint to go to full-on you know um, developing a block of flats that was uh, that was a huge learning cur- curve which I'm really grateful for and looking back you know it, was, it has been a fantastic learning but when you're in it was it was really quite stressful. But you know, it was it was stressful because I didn't hadn't gone through it. So I think now that I've now that I've gone through it, I might be um I'd certainly I don't think I would get as stressed because I'd I'd know more, I'd be able to anticipate a lot. I wouldn't, you know, working with utility companies, I think I'd just outsource that straight away. Oh, yeah,
1: definitely. Yeah. So, that's definitely one to get rid of.
0: Yeah. So I think um again, if it was a if it was a if it was a great deal a, come across I but I'm not really looking at conversions I think just at the moment the way things are with trying to find you know um you know the builders that have got you've got a great relationship with that are available now and the cost of labor the cost of materials and the uncertainty in the market I don't think that's the right strategy for me right now Um, so so I think it's all about timing as well and just making sure that you've got the right strategy at the right time
1: yeah, I, I would echo it having done, you know, a, a few sort of bigger deals. It's, it's a very different environment. And I didn't really like working um, in that way, you know, like sort of standing in the buildings, talking to the builders about the work that needs to be done rather than kind of conveying it through architect's drawings and stuff like that. The whole process felt slow and and with very little grip on the costs of them just yeah. disappear, you know, that budget just disappearing. So well,
0: on conversions, that's the thing. And it, you know, people yeah. say, well, what's the you know, um the cost per square foot, square meter yeah. conversions? We on conversions you you just can't do that because you once you take the you know, the bricks off or the you know, um take down the walls, you just don't know what's what's lurking below or behind or above. So um whereas you know, new builds are a lot more straightforward in that. So um, I think understanding like seemingly small distinctions like that have really influenced i guess what i'm looking for um so but you never know i think yeah. but you know just that one that the one i just talked about the one deal earns more every you know every month than i did in my teaching every yeah. month. so you know looking back was it worth it absolutely and like i say i've got a lot you know there's a long-term game with um investors so Uh, you know to fast track what I've done I've worked with investors so a lot of the money kind of that comes in just goes back to investors as well and and you know in the future I'll be you know uh, buying those investors out Um, but I don't think I couldn't have done it without them so that was that's a huge thing for me as well working with other people
1: so so would you have changed anything you know if you're going to look back on kind of eight years ago and said actually do you know what Michelle younger Michelle you know don't do that do this or or do you think it was necessary to go through everything yeah. to get where you are yeah
0: at? sometimes i look at that because i think you know uh, especially when i see new people come in and they're saying well how quickly can i get out of my day job how quickly can i do this and i'm thinking well on the one hand you know i've seen people absolutely go for hell for leather six months and they've replaced their income they're out of the day job and they're off you know so uh, it can be done um i took a lot longer you know uh, and i guess it was right for me at the time otherwise i would have done something different but knowing what i know now i think i would have got a couple more rent to rent so i started out with the rent to rent if i'd have got three or four more then i would have been out of the day job quicker and i think overall that would have been better for me because then i would have had you know more time and focus to just fast track what i was doing but um but it didn't happen and you know here we are so it's all these things happen for a reason i'm a big believer and Um,
1: I think it's it's funny when you start out as well because I I remember I was thinking about this the other day thinking well you know what was my grand plan when I bought my first investment property and it was very straightforward it was right I've got a very small amount of money and I need to turn it into multiple properties so buy either below market value and refinance or you know certainly post credit crunch buy refurb refinance and then it was okay can I create equity each one needs to cash flow a couple hundred quid a month and then chunk of equity in it and over time can that chunk of equity get to 50 grand in each one and if I do this 20 times that's a million quid's worth of equity in it you know no one's gonna give you a million quid you've got to go out and make it haven't you so and then I think well maybe I, sh- I was quite cautious then I was like doing one deal and then waiting till that one had done and then another one and probably I could have done four or five at a time maybe
0: but you've done those with investors? And did you know how to work with investors back
1: then? Yeah, I did. I did some of the ones I did back then with investors, so I knew it. But it was just a... I think it was a risk thing. I took it very, very seriously, borrowing someone else's money. And, you know, they were going to get paid back no matter what. Um, so I think there was a large element of that, that I was i was um, cautious, perhaps rightfully so. Because I took it... You know, I, I wanted to make sure that they got paid back, so i didn't yeah. want it all to go wrong but, see, um, i think
0: i was different because i because i didn't have the cash and i uh, you know the bigger projects were just sort of way off my kind of um out of my comfort zone really and i didn't i didn't really understand anything to do with developments whereas the rent to rent and you know that i could understand I could get my head around that and um i could see how i could do it so it took me a while before uh the penny kind of dropped working with investors so I think again in hindsight if I'd have looked down that avenue more then i you know I might have taken a different route but especially on the smaller projects because I was you know borrowing money for projects um where the cash flow was paying the investor back rather than the equity so um so I I, I guess I didn't really understand how those bigger projects worked at the time so that's one thing looking back I think Two things one is uh, having a CRM, <laughs> which I wish I'd have had from day one because I, I do love networking so I, you know it took me a while to get all of that done. but also just um, spreadsheets and understanding them and maths was never my kind of strong point uh, you know uh, growing up and and actually now I really enjoy the spreadsheets because I, I like working out the patterns mm-hmm. and I kind of get a feel for the numbers and I've spent so long building my own spreadsheet. Um, and tweaking it all the time, I'm kind of like, okay, well, that, you know, I can move that across and that that goes green when it's right, <laughs> the right number. Um, so that's really helped me get my head around, actually, this is how I can work with other people because I need a project with two, you know, two levels of profit, a profit for me and a profit for them. So, um, yeah, that's been useful.
1: Okay. Let's talk about kind of, you know, any standout podcasts that you've done. Have you got any that you think, I really remember that one because I find it really difficult. I do one interview and then I've sort of done another one and and the previous one I've, I've sort of forgotten about. Yeah. So I can remember probably two or three at the time. And sometimes it's really embarrassing because someone will say, remember we did that interview, you know, like six years ago. I'm like, I, I, I really can't. I'm sorry, it's not you. It's definitely me. So They
0: do, they, they do kind of blend and, and especially I do all the other interviews as well. So in um, terms of ones that stand out, I was, you know before we have this interview i was looking through and thinking okay well yeah i, remember, I like that one because of that I like this one because of that so i think there's two different types of interviews two different types of podcasts there's ones where they're the how to how to do something i really love those because you're learning um and it's like oh yeah that I never thought about that. That's really interesting. I could definitely use that like one with Neil Chowdhury, for example, about how to get um, your valuations, you know, making sure you get the best valuation really useful. He's such a nice guy and um, and, and offers great value as well. And then there's the other ones that are more uh, personal and it's about their journey and how they've kind of changed their life around. And I, you know, and I, I really enjoy the ones where people are just honest and they and they are not afraid to kind of be authentic and say, "Okay, this is how it really is. This is how it really was." And it's great to see people go through those struggles um, and just, you know, they, they they they've had challenges, but they're still here. You know, they've kept on, they carry on, and it's just about that determination.
1: I, I, I think those are my favourite ones, where where people are honest about the adversity along the way, the hurdles, yeah. and and how at that point, you, you said early on that the the determination was the really important bit and I think that's that's where we learn isn't it you know someone's honest saying "Look, I, I had this problem it could have all gone pear-shaped for me at that point I could have lost everything at that point but this is what we did to overcome it I love those ones and then the other ones I really love are where people are really passionate and proud about what they've created you know whether or not it's a you know a one-bed holiday let or a you know, a hotel, you know, and everything in between, Um, you know, where, where someone said I had a vision, and, and it was what it didn't look like this. And now look, it does. And I'm really proud. Yeah. I think that's people are, should rightly be proud of what they've created.
0: Well, I, one stands out like that was a uh, Mark Fitzgerald. And, you know, he just talks about he had the uh, he took voluntary redundancy, and he had six months to either, you know, make this happen through property or find another job. And he was, so determined and he's got such a passion such an energy it's so infectious you can't help but kind of be inspired by it um and it just goes to show you you know what can be achieved when you really put your mind to it and you've got that you know full focus um obviously he had that that time off and he was just like went hell for leather on it so um
1: it's interesting the stuff i'm interested in has changed over the years as well so now you know i a lot of my friends sort of outside of property are in corporate life, you know. And and now I love doing the interviews with people who were, do you know what? I was in the corporate rat race and I hated it. And and I either left and did this or this is what I created whilst I was there. It gave me the, you know, either I left or I, or I started hating it less. Yeah. <laughs> you know, which is you know, both of those things happen a lot. So um, but you know, 10 years, 15 years ago, we used to love sort of talking to the guys who were like literally 20 and done this I was like wow how on earth did you do that but um Um, let's talk about the podcasts that haven't worked we (laughs) won't name names so
0: um well I think the ones that haven't worked I think sometimes there's a um not that they haven't worked or that you know for me maybe you just don't gel with kind of some people you have different kind of styles of um of communicating and that's you know um that's sometimes a bit tricky to to get the best out of them, and, and you're thinking, okay, what are the audience? You know, what what are our listeners thinking as well, and trying to ask them questions. Um, and people, for me, where people are just so far down the line, you know, they've got you know hundreds of single, it's hundreds of you know properties.
1: It's difficult to relate to that.
0: And they've okay. and they've done it all, you know, in the early days where yeah. you know they've they've got all the equity now, and they've, um, but you know, so so, so I, I remember asking somebody so what would you kind of say to someone starting out who wants to kind of do this and I you know reading between the lines it's like well you can't really do that now because I made hay you know years and years ago and now I'm benefiting from it so uh, but you know who knows what's going to happen in the next 20-30 years of, of people so it's just all about getting started and I think It's really hard for people who at the moment who are just exposed to so many different strategies. It's very easy to get overwhelmed and just that paralysis by analysis where they just get stuck and think, oh, I don't know, I don't know what area, I don't know what strategy, I don't know this. And I think I'd just say to people, just anything, just anything that looks like it works, just get started, just choose one, even if it's not, you know, perfect. I think especially people who've got a pot of money, And they've got this checklist and they want, you know, they want the below market value. They want to add value. They want to, um, you know, have a huge 20% ROI or whatever it is. And they've got all this checklist and, you know, those projects do exist, but you might be waiting two years to find it. um, Or you may never come across it. So I think it's just important for people to get started because then they get their momentum Mm. and then they learn. And then it's like, okay, this is, easier than I thought or, s- or more straightforward. Um, and it's easier to kind of keep going then after that.
1: But I've found sort of in the interviews that I've done where I thought, oh, do you know what? I don't think this has worked. I've normally been sort of one of two two things. Sometimes people will start talking with the sort of corporate hat on and they'll go, we we did this or we at insert company they yeah, yeah. did, did this. And I think, well, I don't really want to learn about the brand. I want to learn about you. You know, yeah. I want to learn about your what it was really like for you. And then the other one is sometimes people don't necessarily want to um, admit that things didn't go smoothly all the time. And, you know, every developer, every investor I know has made mistakes along the way. And most of them who've been in it a while will be very candid about the things that they perhaps got wrong. And so I don't really like it when people say it always comes in on time and on budget and nothing, nothing surprises me. And I'm the expert in every property strategy. I think, well, you have no one can know everything can they say so it's funny isn't it because like you know you there are mainstream tv programs that do cover investing in property whatever and then and i watch those and i think yeah i get it you know but they don't scratch the surface Mm. they don't tell you how someone raised the money they don't tell you the building works involved or what went over budget or you know the challenges of not getting finance and how to overcome that you you learn 1% of what the deal was really like. And I think with our job is to say, well, if I'm going to do this project, if I was doing this project today, I'm going to ask you everything about it because I don't want to make the mistakes that you would have definitely made along the way or or what went wrong.
0: Well, I hope people kind of appreciate that's That's what I enjoy doing. I like asking those difficult questions. And when people, I can see them skirting around something, you know, nine times out of 10 I'll just go in and say, so how much did that cost you or so the finance you know when did that you know that that didn't work why didn't it work you know what did you learn from that and I think that's so important because there's no point in us just giving like you know the kind of glossy highlights of things people want to know like what it's really like you know
1: I would say I would say to Anna this is why I don't get invited back to like dinner parties and stuff because you know like yeah well how much money did you make on that you know and you know or how much have you lost on that and you know in yeah life people are not used to discussing it in that way they're
0: not are they (laughs) they they get
1: very uncomfortable
0: yeah and and also when you even when you offer it and and you can see them kind of tentatively the first question is always well how many properties have you got um and And, you know, when you start talking about the numbers and then they're they're like, oh, yeah, well, we, you know, we earn kind of, yeah, we're comfortable, but they'll never kind of share their their numbers. But, you know, it's fine. And I just think, well, you know, I'm very kind of open about, you know, the if anyone asks, I say, okay, well, you know, I've got a project and it earns 700 pounds every month and every month that all that money. You know, we'll take off for maintenance and all the rest of it, uh voids, but that money just goes back to the investor. Mm. So for five years, that project, I'm not taking any of the cash. So even though it's part of my portfolio, I own it, you know, it's a long-term investment. And I've worked really hard to get to this point. So I'm um, you know you kind of got to balance it because I think people have a perception sometimes that you know especially if you're quite active on social media and magazine that you know you've you're at a certain point or you've got a certain kind of um you know lifestyle and things and it's just well sometimes it's a long-term game
1: I wanted to talk about the lifestyle side of things because definitely starting out it's a hustle isn't it you know lots of lots of deals you know, any businesses, let's be honest, any business starting out, is going to be a lot of work for initially, not that much return initially, but, you know, it grows over the time. So over, you know, over the eight years you've been in it, obviously you've got Matty now, yeah. you know, you've got Rich, you know, like you've got a family. Um, do you successfully juggle the, the work-life balance? And, you know, mm-hmm. what what uh, when you're not working, what does that look like?
0: yeah um so we were talking about this the other day and look and um this this deal with the three hmos and like why are we were going to look at it and you know should we look at it and you know all the rest of it and some and we realized that actually we love the hustle we do you know we enjoy the negotiation we enjoy kind of um just doing that deal and and having those conversations and structuring you know all the finance behind it and everything so in terms of lifestyle now, um, obviously in the run up to having the baby, you know, I was just trying to kind of systemize as much as possible. Uh, we didn't take on any, any projects beforehand. So last part of last year, and it was all about, uh, you know, getting the virtual assistants uh, up and running in the team and and any kind of processes in place that we could. Um, and it's kind, <laughs> it's, it's a, it definitely feels very chaotic. And obviously, I you know, the benefits of working in property and working for yourself is the flexibility. Um, I haven't had nine months off. Uh, I probably had about nine days off at the beginning. That's what it felt like. I was literally, you know, you still need to answer questions. Let's be clear. There's absolutely no way I could just be sitting in baby groups all day long, singing nursery rhymes and, you know, all McDonald had a farm going around in my head all day. That's just not me. And um, I'm always looking for ways of, of trying to just keep, Keep my mind going, you know, learning and just, uh, yeah. So I think in terms of lifestyle, other mums might have had nine months off, but then they'd be going back to work. So I don't have that transition. I'm not going to be kind of going back to work three days um, and missing out on that time. So it's more, it's all very flexible and hopefully, you know, the long term plan. Yeah, I'll be able to pick him up from school and, um, and we'll be able to take more more breaks and just. I don't know. We, you know, in terms of lifestyle, we're not, you know, we haven't got fancy cars or anything like that. We we live in a nice location and and we're we're happy with that. But um, a lot of it is about that kind of long term wealth and the financial freedom, the choice, the choice to do things. So I think that's a big element in what we do.
1: Yeah. Okay. I couldn't agree more. I think you know, having the flexibility to, I know yesterday we're recording this it's some of the one of the hottest days of the year maybe yeah. and you know my the kids my kids are uh, a little older they're 12 and we you know we I finished work at midday and we went paddleboarding with their friends and stuff and you think actually if i was in corporate life in an office that's probably not an option yeah. really so you know that that's what it means and the flip side of that is you kind of work hard and condense the work into shorter time so okay so what next on the podcast so we were going to say do you have a a fantasy guest on the podcast if you could interview anybody who would it be
0: um yeah so a while ago I was thinking okay let's kind of think a bit bigger and uh, I just read the never split the difference by Chris Voss and I thought I'm just going to try. I'm just going to email them and see. Um, and he was unavailable to be honest. I think I could have pushed for it. Um, but they offered me Brandon Voss, who was Chris's son. And I actually loved that podcast. Um, and I'm still after kind of the Kim Kiyosaki's of the world as well. Cause I think Robert Kiyosaki, he would be fascinating. It would be really interesting. Very, uh, very direct. I imagine. Um, I don't know, I just like real people,
1: you know? Yeah, do you know what? I like real people as well. Yeah. Um, you know, it would be easy to sort of come up with a, you know, name of billionaire developers. But the reality is, is that I'm not really interested in what they're doing. I want to know someone who's, um, I think, like a lot of us, we want to know someone who's maybe a bit like us. I, I think we could do, you said earlier on, one of the things, the type of podcasts you like to do as well is the kind of very practical advice. And I think, you know, having more of that, Going forward as well, so I know uh, little things about you know that I've just done over the years, which I just know now, which maybe I didn't know before. Was I've got quite a lot of mortgages with um, TMW, so as they come to the end of their kind of fixed rate, I could just go online and under a minute select the new product. Um, you know, I don't have to go through a broker. You know, it's all done online, and you know. I think the last time i did i saved like 500 quid a month on interest payments and wow. you know, six grand a year you know and it uh-huh. took me across three properties whatever it was under 10 minutes to do and little practical stuff like that and um, so we did an interview last week about you know the changing epc ratings yep. about small things that you can do to up the epc rating and the things not to waste your money on because it definitely won't make any difference to the rating and I was like oh that's quite cool actually you know like it, it doesn't need to be a 20 grand spend on this building so
0: yeah yeah that's interesting you say that actually because I'm listening to another podcast at the moment and, and and this person's got a few interviews um but I found myself gravitating towards the ones where he's like explaining something and it's so rather than interviewing somebody about how they've done something it's more like okay like you say they're just um here's a here's a quick kind of summary of just how you can kind of save some money or how you can analyze a deal or you know is it better to go with gas or electric on a new yeah. a new property so it might be worth it and if anyone's listening please give us your feedback would be great to know uh what you know what you'd like to hear from us if you'd like to hear more of the case studies more uh, personal interviews or more kind of high profile guests or more of the how to do let us know
1: yeah this is your property podcast you know that's why it's that's why it's called that isn't it that's why that's we're the magazine is your property network because it's we're just here to sort of help guide it it's very much you know all the all the content is is um come, comes from our readers and, and our listeners on the podcast so there's um, so much
0: more to it now as well i mean people i don't think a lot of people realize that we were expanded into the training as well and we're, you know, we've got our service accommodation training. We've got our property development training as well and, and more to come. So it's not just the magazine. We've got the, you know, the app now, which is, which is fantastic. And people can listen to all of the, the interviews, uh, for the articles as well as reading them. So and a lot of people, you know, they'll be listening to this on the commute to work um, or while they're riding or whatever.
1: <laughs> yeah. I um, always think one of the sort of saddest things is you've probably seen this from going to networking events is people turn up at one networking event and they're full of enthusiasm and they're definitely going to do it. And then life gets in the way and, and you never see that person again, or you never hear from them and you think, um, I can understand it. Life is yeah. like does get in the way, but that discipline and we keep coming back to it. Really? That discipline, the sort of determination is, is definitely what makes the difference. Yeah,
0: you've got to have that kind of drive as well. You know, there's no point in having discipline if you've got, and you haven't got the drive to do it and you're too kind of comfortable in the day job. You've got to figure out how to make it work. It works. Your job is just to figure out how, you know, how you can do it. So, I mean, what do you think, Ant, about people who've lasted, you know, the test of time, just because obviously people dropping off all the time, but those people yeah. who you've seen 10 years plus they're still going strong um what makes the difference between those people
1: i think initially you you hit the nail on the head just now just now that initially probably people a lot of people need some degree of discomfort because if you're making plenty of money in the day job and you're fairly happy in it where's the motivation to really make this work and so i think there's that initially um and then i i know i heard this thing a few years ago if you uh, um, I'm going to forget the guy's name now, um, but he he presents this show called Dirty Jobs, yeah, and it's about people who do the jobs in America that you know are not particularly glamorous. Right, okay. And he said, no one wakes up one morning wanting to, you know, um, empty septic tanks for a living. Yeah, no one wants that. But he said, you know, you get into it, and then you kind of, you know, you've got one truck, and then you've got eight trucks a few years later on, and you've built this thing, and you've got the desire to succeed, and you enjoy the business you know the initial job was probably not that pleasant probably like most property deals to start with <laughs> but you know you i think that getting a passion for the business and also maybe not letting it become 24/7 you know having a bit downtime and doing other stuff is very easy to burn out and get fed up with it and walk off you know i think so um so the people who sort of stood the test of time that i've known for nearly 20 years now i think probably grew to love you know initially had to make it work yeah. um and then grew to love the business yeah. and concentrate on the things that they really enjoyed and were good at and got other people to, I'm, I'm terrible at managing properties myself i hate it mm-hmm. um you know I'm, I'm probably like you i'm a creator organizing for gas safety certificates oh, and that, that <laughs> that's not me you know no. so i was really glad to outsource that those yeah. elements and That's probably important as well. Do you think if you're going to stick in it long term, you know, try and you might have to do the bits you don't like to start with. But at a a point, try and concentrate on the things that you're good at.
0: Yeah, I think being sensible as well and not scaling too quickly, because although it's it, it can seem very hard at the beginning to get going sometimes for some people once they do get going suddenly there's a flood you know you get one landlord you have got eight properties and then suddenly you've got you know 80 tenants on <laughs> your books or something and and that's i think the um what i've seen is a lot of people get to a point where they have tried to scale too quickly I think that's one thing that really kind of always kind of made me slow down when I got excited about a new deal, which yeah. every deal is exciting, right? Um, but just thinking, okay, just you know, just slow down. Do I have capacity to do this? And if not, can I bring you know other people in to help me or whatever it is? Um, but yeah, I think you know a lot of people, and they they don't intend to. Um, you know, if it yeah, has there's no,
1: on. yeah, there's no was... malicious intent. There's no, no, but, I think it's very uh, rare actually, but it's a, yeah, but it's a house of cards and there's two is. and,
0: yeah, really, yeah. people got to be really careful of that house of cards, I think, and just, you know, make sure, excuse the pun, but building, you know, your business on that solid foundations as you're growing. So, um, you know, and, like, and yeah.
1: your reputation is every sense of that, Everything. isn't it? And yeah,
0: it really is, especially if you're, you know, you're you're on social media and you park them. Yeah you know you that there's such a transparency now and i you know i would say to people i you know my reputation is just is worth more than all the portfolio you know put together because
1: um i i mean same it's an interesting know. thing you talk about social media because as soon as you start talking about sort of projects or deals or whatever online you would definitely bring a whole heap of people trolls who just will say <laughs> anything about you you know like the worst words you can possibly imagine you think my mum's reading this and,
0: reading oh, no. this
1: and, all that. and you know they they don't know you they know nothing about you know. so you, you've maybe got to develop a bit of thick skin about that those types of people as well
0: yeah i think that's probably more on the developing side people don't like developers do they the general public uh
1: i don't I think they like Lamp. i don't think they la- like lambdos very much
0: that's, at true. All. that's true um i must be in a little bubble then <laughs> um and, and i think do you know what if i see anyone doing that within my network i'll just block them straight away because god you know it's hard enough you don't need you don't need all the other negativity and things you've got to be really um just steadfast in it, it you know and what you're trying to achieve and i think i love that phrase that you can't you're not in control of your reputation but you're in control of your character at the end of the day you know you just got to look after what you're doing um that you're doing the right thing by other people by yourself just doing the right thing and then people can say what they want after that you know as long as you know your um
1: a, a strong moral compass you know yeah compass, i
0: think so yeah. because you know you speak to a lot of people who've god you know people just open up to you especially if you've got a position of like respect within the community or authority and i run the you know chester pin meeting and things and people come and say you know oh i've got this amount of money and i'm not sure what to do with it or like you know and 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 these are people who you think god you don't need to tell me all those details <laughs> i can help you without it but um yeah you know and i always say to people listen i think you should just put it on the market you know and get the best price because that's the best thing for you um if that doesn't work for any reason and i I can help you then great but sometimes um you just got to be really frank with people and uh, and you know just think of what's best for them because there are plenty of deals you know you don't need we don't need hundreds of them i agree you want the the fewest amount of deals with the highest profit that's that's what i'm aiming for (laughs)
1: the most amount of money with the least amount of work really that's what we all want isn't it (laughs) absolutely
0: it's not as obvious and though is it (laughs) i don't know that
1: seems i don't know for me it's it's interesting isn't it like i've got a lot of friends who they the number of hours that they work is like a badge of honor yeah they're like i worked 80 hours last week or whatever and you think sounds like a lot you know I I don't think I'm lazy but I I don't want that badge of honor to say oh I sat in front of a computer for 100 hours last week
0: that that was me you know I'm in my teaching I worked all hours I'd get there at six o'clock in the morning and be there till six seven eight at night and I would just work and work because and then there there was the light bulb moment thank god one day where I realized that the ladder that I was climbing was just leaning against the wrong wall and I'm like what am I doing you know it doesn't matter how many hours I work and how much I can produce it's there's a ceiling to what I can earn there's a ceiling to what I can kind of give here I'm just going to burn out which I did but you know I think now yeah just kind of realizing what is uh you know is it worth it you know look at each project individually on its own with its own merits and say you know is this really worth my time my effort and if it is great go for it um, and sometimes a, it's a, worth a, it in a, a long
1: run a, a friend of mine's a teacher and she we, we were around their house the other day and she came home kind of late you know seven in the evening or whatever it was and it was a really hot day and she looked exhausted and, and you know god she is working really hard yeah. for you know unfortunately not a massive financial reward mm-hmm. there but
0: uh, well i never broke the two thousand pound a month ceiling you know i got a promotion i think i ended up at eighteen hundred a month in my yeah. bank account and it just wasn't sustainable you know yeah you get the holidays but god in the meantime it's uh it's really really quite a stressful it's tough, yeah it's tough. um so i'm glad now and, and and especially during the transition i was thinking you know what as long as i have the choice to leave that will be, you know, be, be more manageable. And then once I left, I was like, right again, okay, never going back now. And the beauty of it is now I get to teach, and I, you know, with the training programs and uh, and my own network, I get to teach property. So it's the best of both worlds. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Well, not a bad place to sort of end <laughs> yeah, this, this so. podcast. You know, 100, <laughs> uh, 100 editions. It's funny, I've actually got posted on the wall next to me of our first hundred editions of the of the magazine, oh, and I think okay. we are coming up for. the the next post will be 200 editions so So, um but you know it's been
0: you
1: you do you do an amazing job with you know all the programs that you do for 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 ypn and the podcast as well and it's it's been nice to sort of turn the tables today and ask you about your your thoughts over the last few years
0: yeah it's been great to kind of share and just yeah just you know share the journey as well as as interviewing other people and um being part of it, you know, it's it's not like I'm just kind of on the outside looking in. So it's uh definitely in the trenches with you all.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So if you listen to the podcast and you think, well, maybe I should be doing a little bit more, maybe go to the website yourpropertynetwork.co.uk. There's there's plenty of resources on there. You can steer yourself into getting the first copy of the magazine or getting access to the app or finding out about the total development the total service accommodation programs. There's there's loads of stuff on there. Um, And hopefully you'll be our guest in the future.
0: Absolutely, definitely. Well, and again, if you're not yet a subscriber to the magazine, then click the link in the show notes for your free 30 day trial.